Yes, sir. It is the Lover and the Fighter podcast. Josh Cohen, Dean Thomas. I would be lover in the form of Brother Love, J to the C. He would be fighter in the form of MMA and UFC pioneer, analyst, king of all media, our reality television star, Dean Thomas. Maybe it would help if I turn my mic on. What up? It would always help if you turn your microphone. People want to hear from you, bro. I know, man. And sometimes I'll just be forgetting. I got a, you know what I'm saying? I got a bad brain. We understand. I Believe me when I tell you, I know what that's like. It is the second week of June, and we are in advance this Saturday night of UFC 275 from Singapore. Grateful or not grateful that you did not get a chance or depending on how you look at it, have to make that trip to Singapore. No, I'm very grateful that I did not. That is a trip. Yeah, that was a trip. And like I've been watching everybody who did go watching their stories and just like it it looked like a nightmare of a flight for these guys to get over there. It's a long trip. I'm glad I didn't go. You're you're, you're glad that you didn't have to. Yeah. But you're happy that you get to go to Bristol this weekend. I'm happy that I get to still work and not have to go all the way to Singapore to do it. And you've never been to ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. I have not. The mothership. The campus. No, I have not. So I'm going to to go there and show out. You know the scene in um, Men in Black? where they're kind of like in the transfer portal and there's all those different species of aliens that are coming and going. Yeah. That's kind of like ESPN in Bristol. Is it really? Where it's like, there's the guys from NFL Live. Oh, yeah. There's okay. the dudes from Get Up. There's the NBA analysts. So, but I heard it's like, more like a campus, like a college campus. It is. So what I plan on doing is I want to go into like one of the rooms where they got like football plays up mm-hmm. and I'm going to go in there and do like Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting and just start crossing <laughs> stuff out and making Drawing arrows. And then when somebody comes to chase me, I'm going to just walk away and, and tell right. them to you know, screw off. Right. You can see there's not um, lecture halls oh. like, like in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, it's not. It's not a giant chalkboard like that. Oh, no, but um, it, it is. It is the home of ESPN. So that's pretty cool that you'll get it. So what are you doing Friday? You're doing um, Friday UFC live. Yeah, Friday UFC live right. pre-show. Saturday pre-show. Sunday or Saturday night post-show. Awesome. Well, good luck with you on all that. Let's get started and let's begin where we left off last weekend, and that is UFC Fight Night Vegas from the Apex. I believe it's number fifty-six. Maybe I don't know. Jeff Molina. Uh, we're going to go deeper into this over on the premium content side of this podcast at UFC Fight Pass, UFCFightPass.com. Um, Jeff Molina won the fight. Mm-hmm. Jeff Molina did not believe he won the fight. Normally, it's the other way around. Normally, it's a fighter who cannot believe that he didn't win it or she didn't win it. Um, in this instance, he heard the scores. And the third, it was a split decision, uh-huh. and the third was 30-27. And when he heard that, he let go. He shook his hand free from the referee, and he began to walk out of the cage in like shock and disappointment that he got blown out. Right, and then he got his name read. It's kind of embarrassing. It's it's very it's, a, it's embarrassing. embarrassing, man. Like, I don't know how you really come back from that, other than the fact that like you know it was wasn't like a big pay per view moment where like the world saw it, but like. You know, for me, I was like, "Oh, that's that kind of sucked." I played that. I played that wrong. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look like a poor sport, yeah. and you look like you. you you're, again, the only thing that one can deduce from that is someone can't believe they got beat that bad. Yeah, not realizing the judge said you won that good. Yeah, and like for him, he's probably thinking, "Oops, yeah, <laughs> oops, I didn't realize." If you if you listen to the radio show that we do, and most of you don't, um, you know that I am someone who studied nonverbals, body language, and cues for a very very long time. You don't need to study any nonverbals to know. You could have the volume off, mm-hmm. and you know exactly what he was feeling. Yep. That's the thing. We all are pretty good with nonverbals. You knew that this is someone who's disappointed, disbelief, like what Like his the? face was like, what, what, huh? And, and then yeah. shock yeah. that he'd won. Yeah. I love the shock when they win, <laughs> because that tells you the judges got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right? That's, that's how you know. You're supposed to be shocked that you lost. <laughs> right. 
but when, when you're, you're shocked, shocked that you won, you're like, wait a minute. And we saw that a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Um, I, I believe it was was a Holly Holm fight. Right, 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 we, right. We saw a winner who could not believe they won. You're supposed to be in disbelief that you lost. Right. When you're in disbelief that you won, that means the judge is so. Well, like, you know, Holly was like, she couldn't believe that she lost. You're supposed to right. be. Right. And, and Caitlin was like, wait a minute. You sure? I won. You got. You sure you got this right? You guys want to check that again? Yeah. You were actually. You were actually on the wrong side of a judge's scorecard being tabulated incorrectly once. Yeah, against Matt Sarah. Against Matt Sarah, your boy in reality TV. Yeah, and the same. It was kind of the same thing, except for you know, for in his mind, he probably really did think he won though, because like he was chasing me the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was and, like, he was like, and he always talks about things like, man, I was like catching a chicken. <laughs> that team from Rocky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, uh, but but you've have you ever? Have you ever been on that side where you thought you lost and you hear the scorecards and you're like, there's no way it's me, and then they say your name and you have to pretend like, yeah, I knew it? No. So whenever I lost by decision, I knew I lost. You already I mean, know. I already knew. I was like, man, I was on my back this whole fight. Were you Ain't on no the flip yet. side? Were yeah. you on the flip side where you thought you had lost a fight and they actually won it? No. So you and when I, when I won, I, I knew. Like, I was that I was that clear of a fighter. Like, you, I knew when I was winning and I knew when I was losing. That's what we appreciate about your self-awareness. Yeah. You're aware that, nope, I lost. Yep, I was or, like, yep, I totally won. Yep. <laughs> it's never a surprise for you. <laughs> nope. Never a surprise. Uh, speaking of Jeff Molina, he uh, dealt with MMA Twitter. Um, first of all, he was talking about how glad he was that the UFC was going to have pride uniforms, kits, mm-hmm. that um, the walkouts would have the rainbow colors representing pride. Um and then he had to tweet and explain, y'all, I'm straight. All you guys that DM me, I appreciate it. I'm flattered, but it uh, shouldn't make a difference, um, everyone. And for those of you that are upset by this, he said you're a bunch of fruit cups, which is a weird, I guess. I know. Well, that's right, a weird. Because yeah. the fruit connotation yeah. used to go with. Yes. You know, men who were flamboyant or in some way. Um, yeah. So that was a strange use of, of words there. What he was trying to convey was, I'm proud to represent this on behalf of my brothers and sisters who are just trying to live their truth. Mm-hmm. And then he had to deal with MMA Twitter that were like, what are you wearing those rainbow colors for? And, and I mean, MMA Twitter, we're going to get deeper into it on the premium side at UFCFightPass.com. But MMA Twitter is really just a miserable place of haters and jealousy and envy and everybody thinks they could do better but none of them could do a damn thing i don't i don't get it man like i don't even know who those guys are every time it's funny because like every time i go to events and i'm looking at people they're like hey thomas he's thomas i'm th- i'm looking at him like man is this dude from mma twitter can't tell because i the, can't tell their picture is never yeah, there their picture's never there so it's i'm always, always a fighter. Yeah, i'm always thinking like man who i don't trust these people no you yeah. nor, nor should you <laughs> nor should you um he had the right idea yeah um jeff molina did with that um, but MMA Twitter revealed themselves to being, well, less than open-minded, less than tolerant, hey, less than understanding, bigot. and less than human yeah, for the bigoted. most part. Okay, um, let's move on. We got rumors. We always got rumors. Dustin Poirier and Justin Gagey. Justin and Dustin. We have re- recently spoken about how uh, Poirier had texted you looking for a fight, asking you, literally, yeah. the, guy, the star of looking for a fight, asking yeah. you if you could help him get yeah. a fight. Yeah. We, and, and we're going to talk about this further at UFC Fight Pass, but bottom line is to hear from Dustin Poirier, I mean, this is someone who really, really, really just wants to fight again. What fight makes the most sense? Is it this one, if this comes to fruition? I mean, it's either this one or Nate Diaz. Like, no other fight really can make sense for Dustin at this point in his career. Like, he's beaten Connor twice. You know, Mike Michael Chandler doesn't want to fight him. I mean, and for him, like I don't know why he want to fight that that fight anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needs fights with marquee guys. Justin Gaethje's a marquee guy. Nate Diaz is a marquee guy. Except Nate Diaz doesn't want to fight. Do it with Justin Gaethje. It makes sense. The fans want it. They both want it. Let's make it happen. 
this uh, would be fun. And this would be one where you could really get an audience to buy in on, oof, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's like, the, it's like you know, so many times you're like, I'm just curious to see what actually happens. Yes. And so many times you think you know exactly how a fight will play out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. This is one of those where if you know how this one ends, you're lying to yourself. For sure. Because you don't. And the, the beauty of this fight for these guys is that they don't talk trash and they don't need to because their fights sell itself. Right. So, so the press conference may not be that exciting, um, but at the same time, you don't need that nonsense because yeah, you, you don't know, need these it. are two dudes that like to scrap and they can. Yeah, they wouldn't even, I don't even know if they would have a press conference for these guys because they probably wouldn't talk trash to each other anyway. They would just be like, whatever, yeah. dude, let's just go fight. Let's go fight. All right, moving on to this weekend. It is UFC 275 live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Prohachka and Teixeira for the light heavyweight championship of the world. This is being fought in Singapore. That's a long trip. Um, and let's begin with a quick little lick into a uh, look rather into Wei Lee and Joanna Jacek, who returns after a two year and three month hiatus. This is two and a half, two and a quarter years since she last fought. The last time she fought was right before pandemic actually started. She's alternated losses and wins um, since Rose Namajunas. I, I know that I refer to this fight oftentimes as the Rose Bowl yes. because these two are combined 0 and 4. Rose is their kryptonite combined. But uh, this one here should be fun on Saturday night. It should be fun for more reasons than one. And I think one of the biggest reasons why it should be fun is that they know what the carrot is on the other side. The winner of this knows what's on the other side. And that's Carla Esparza. Mm -hmm. And Carla doesn't match up well with either of them. Right. So they know, like, the winner of this, this is essentially like a title fight for them. So they're like, listen, listen, if I could just get past this one. I know I got that this title is, in the so, bag. So this is a Final Four, if you will, compare to college basketball, where I know I can beat who's waiting on the other side. Yes. So you, you're talking about the two best waiting, then they got who's ever on the other side, yeah. which is Carla. Yeah. So they're like, and I, and I don't want to take anything away from Carla. She's a champion. For sure. She did everything. She good. earned it. But I, she earned it. But I just, you know, she doesn't match up well with these two women. The, the Matchups is what it's all about, right? Matchups is matchups. It is what it is. The numbers don't lie. Um, you wanted your J-check. You knew her pretty well at American Top Team. I mean, you saw her on a daily basis. For sure. Um, She has been in some very violent fights. Yes. And she doesn't shy away from that. Yes. I mean, her nickname is like violence. It's like, you know, you want a violence. Right. And I mean, she's just, she's just, that's just the type of fighter she is. She likes to intimidate people. She likes to hurt people. And that's just the type of person she is. It's going to be interesting to see how she comes back after a two-year layoff. For sure. Because like, you know, there's something about rhythm and being in momentum. She's had two years off. To not put it together, so it's going to be interesting yeah, that's to see how not, it comes out. That's not rest. There's a no, difference between right. rest and rust. Right. And that's not that's rest. That's not rest. That's, that, that lies closer, potentially, possibly, to rust. Uh, you'll get deeper into how you see this playing out, and you'll get deeper into the things you're concerned about over on the premium content side at UFCFightPass.com, where the premium version of this show is available. Um, also, on the card, in, in the women's side, it is Bullet Valentina Shevchenko and Talia Santos. This is for the belt in the flyweight division. Um, listen, if you've watched any MMA, if you watched her fight even once, you recognize it. Valentina Shevchenko is special. It's almost like she's in a class almost by herself now. She's almost run out of people to fight. She has. I she mean, has. There's, there's really no one else for her to fight. Like Misha Tate dropped weight, but everybody's just kind of like, oh. Poor Misha. Because <laughs> yeah, they don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, everybody kind of knows what will happen. Yeah. She's a minus 625 favorite. Um, again, we'll get deeper into the X's and O's of this over at UFCFightPass.com. But uh, Talia Santos is someone who you have some concern about 
And it's not even what she does physically inside the cage. It is the mindset. Yeah, I think I, I don't know if she's strong enough mentally. You well, know, yeah, and, and those are some issues. You know, when she first came to the UFC, she lost her first fight in the UFC because her mind. Like, she wasn't very confident going into that fight. Now she's facing the best fighter in her division probably and probably one of the best fighters pound for pound in the UFC mm-hmm. and in the biggest fight of her life, five rounds. Like, how do you go into this fight with, without a, a championship mindset? Your fighter, Jillian Robertson, a.k.a. Savage, fought and was defeated by Talia Santos by decision back in December of 2020. Um, what, what did you see from her in that fight against your fighter where you're like, you know what, she's better at this than I thought she was? She's strong. She is strong. She's really strong. She's really strong and really coordinated. So that's something you can't take away from her. In terms of, like, if you put her and Valentina in a gym, she's probably stronger than Valentina. Wow. But that doesn't mean anything when you apply it with technique. You right. know what I'm Because Valentina was, is a little quicker and can beat her to the spots. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. But, but, but she is a strong girl. Yes. Yes. And that's one thing that you, and that same thing uh-huh. Molly McCann said. Molly McCann was in there and she grabbed her and was like, oh my God. She was the victim just before yes. Jillian. Yes. She fought them back to back. Um, Valentina Shevchenko, better actress or a better fighter? Better fighter. I'm just, bro, I'm just kidding. Okay. It was bruised. Bruised. Oh. Oh. Halle Berry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember, she was yeah, the champ. She was the champ. Yeah, she was like yeah. the Ivan Drago. Yeah, she's the better fighter. All right, better let's fighter. move on. Let's get a quick little peek into the uh, main event. Of the evening. And again, for greater insight, you got to go to UFCFightPass.com. Subscribe, and you can get the premium content version of this Lover and the Fighter podcast. Um, Prohaschek and Teixeira, this is a 29-year-old young man versus a 42-year-old old man, uh, a popular champion. Everyone was glad to see take the light heavyweight belt. Prohaschek looks a lot like a genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Got to rub him the right way, said Christine Aguilera. He should have played. And, and maybe Will Smith was the wrong casting decision. The live action Aladdin. Yeah, for maybe sure. Maybe should have been Yuri. And I'm sure that he's going to be the next one in Aladdin too. In this spot. Don't give it all away because no, we we'll do not, that at I'm UFC Fight Pass. Away. But um, there are things that you see in Teixeira here that you like in this matchup actually is a plus 170 underdog. Uh, I, you know what I like about Teixeira is he punches a lot harder yeah. than people give him credit for. Yeah. Really? He Yes. I know he punches hard. But he punches harder than harder? what people give him credit for. And Yuri has a tendency to get hit. Yuri doesn't have the best defense. Uh-huh. So that that's plays a, a fact. That play, they, take that into consideration when you're making your bets. Five rounds, though. Say this one does go deep. Say we get dragged into deeper waters. Late third into fourth, now in fifth. Um, who does that favor? The 42-year-old champ with all the experience or the 29-year-old who has the four-inch reach advantage? It really, I think it's really going to come down to who's winning at that moment. But if it's like, you know how these fights are like back-to-back, you know, close rounds, mm-hmm. and it would favor the younger man. But if but if Glover's having his way, it's obviously going to favor him going to them later rounds. We will get your pick, your official pick on this fight, which may surprise some based on what you just said there and what you didn't, over at UFC Fight Pass dot. Calm. I want to do this again next week. Let's do it, man. We ain't got nothing else to do. Have a, that's exactly right. Have a great trip up to ESPN. You'll be on the pre-show and post-show from Bristol, from the campus thereof. That's right. From the mothership, as I call it. Man, I'm going to be acting a fool. Do that. Make some new friends. I am. It's important because you don't have any here. <laughs> make, so not new friends, just make some just friends. Just make some friends, yeah. period. Just make some friends, period. For Dean Thomas, Jay to the C, saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.